Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And on this episode, I'm joined by my friend, Steve Carter from Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Steve, thanks for coming. Thanks for joining me hey. on this conversation about the evolution of stewardship and generosity content. Hey, Leo. It's good to be with you today. Always a pleasure having you on, my friend. Uh, you have a tremendous amount of depth when it comes to content. I know that you're always searching, you're always looking at what's what's out there. So I, I thought you'd be the perfect person to have this conversation with. And what we want to do today is really discover what content is available, some of the major ones that I think some of us are familiar with. And if you're new to this stewardship and generosity ministry, hope that this will help to kind of give you some programs to look at. We're going to dig into some of these and uh, talk about what they offer maybe some of the pros and cons, because there's no one particular content that's going to teach everyone everything they need to know about stewardship and generosity. But we also want to talk about what's happened. I've been in the space, Steve, now for, I think, 21 years. I started in 2002 teaching on this stuff, but really started learning about stewardship back in 1993. So it's literally been 30 years now. But in that process of time, uh, a lot has changed in the way we learn and how we learn, especially in this area of finances. So I'd like to dig into some of that past and, and talk about what's new today, how that's evolved, and how do we walk through the challenge of how we educate people today? Because this has changed considerably in the last 30 years. So let's talk about what's been changing, where we started, and kind of where we are today. And then maybe we'll give some recommendation for folks as they uh, attempt to continue to do this ministry better, as all of us are, are trying to do. So why don't we start with what are some of the content that you started with? Uh, how has that changed? Let's start there. Well, I I started in this. You said thirty years for you. I'm I'm really in earnest. Just about eight years involved in in this space of stewardship and teaching people stewardship in the church. And um, when I started, I you know connected with a, a group of passionate people in this area who had been. Um, been through a Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University class. And most of them at that time were telling me how, you know, well, it used to be 13 weeks, but it's only nine weeks now. And, you know, it really leaves some things out. And we just, you know, really like the 13 week class. And I was like, wow, uh, that's a long class, you know, because in the <laughs> church context, I wasn't accustomed to things that were that long, right? It was, you know, a lot of things we do, sermon series and so forth, at least at the church where I'm at, it's six weeks long, you know, four weeks long, those kinds of things, marriage classes and, and so forth. So I was a little surprised, 13 weeks and nine weeks still seemed pretty good. And what I have found is that, as you said, people have really changed in this area, what they're willing to do in a, in a church class or uh, event is uh, their attention spans are not quite as long as they used to be. And I think some of that's just cultural, right? It's the way of the world these days. You get things in a microwaved fashion, um, you know, much more quickly and easily online. Why do I need to spend that much time uh, on campus at the church to learn this sort of thing? And so we found that there's been a, a push to go from nine weeks down to shorter segments of time to get things done. And so pretty quickly, I started to balance. We had the nine-week uh, Financial Peace University. That was very core to what we were doing at, at our church. But then I began to do some, you know, one-night, two-hour workshops where there were some people that wouldn't have been willing to jump into a nine-week commitment, but they would jump into a workshop that would cost them a lot less, not just in money, but really just in time. Mm -hmm. But our hope was that we could then motivate them that they need the nine weeks. And yeah, so we exactly. use that as sort of a strategy, right? Like what are some, what's somebody willing to do at this moment where they're at in their journey of stewardship? And how can we help them take that next step to something more deep and rich? And so we did that for quite a while. That was our strategy. Yeah, that's great. I think you touched on something that's really important is that people do 
people will increase their interest and their willingness to sit through a longer teaching when they're properly motivated and, and really interested in the topic. So I think the burden of proof kind of lies on us to make it appealing. It's true. I mean, we are used to TikTok videos and Instagram videos and the shorts that we just get so much information and entertainment, let's say, out of it. But it's not a lifelong learning, right? You're not going to get your master's degree from TikTok <laughs> ever. Um, so we have to figure out, well, how do how do we then, especially younger people who are used to getting their information that way, how do we help them understand that? Yes, that can bring up a topic. You can learn something very short. You can learn something in, you know, in a one-minute video, but how does that fit in the overall journey, especially from us in a church context? How do we disciple people? You know, because mm-hmm. discipleship is a lifelong process and finances and, and money and possessions and giving all of that is part of our discipleship. Right. Jesus said that we are to teach people. He told us to disciples and to all of us, teach them to observe all the things that I've taught you. OK, well, he talked a lot about money. So how do we teach people about money? And we've seen, you mentioned uh, Dave Ramsey went from 13 weeks to nine weeks. And I went through the 13 week and then I was happy to see the nine week because some of the stuff, honestly, in a long class like that, there's some things that there was so much information overload that at some point you're like, I, I can't contain it all because you really can't apply all of that. You're learning about insurance. You're learning about investing. You're learning about budgeting. You're learning about getting out of debt. After a while, you're like, OK, I'm week six. I, I can't obtain any more information because I can't apply it all fast enough. And that's something to consider. If you mm-hmm. can't apply the information you're learning, you're probably going to drop out at some point or stop listening to certain things and only focus on the things that you can handle. So I think there's a value in offering shorter classes, but doing it in such a way that that it's providing real answers, real information that you can apply. And I think that that's a that's a good recipe moving forward. I still believe that it's going to take time. So whether you want to break up a nine weeks into two segments of four and five, or if you want to take... 10 weeks and break it into five, two week classes, whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, you have to give people what they need. But more importantly, I think is the thing that I really want to dig into is how do we take the content that we have and make it more applicable, right? Mm. Because you and I, you know, we're a little bit older. It was expected for us to sit in the classroom and listen to lectures. But today it's not the same, right? Mm -hmm. Kids don't Mm -hmm. want to be lectured to, they want to interact. So Let's talk about how to do that. And and you guys have created a five-week class recently, and we had a a, a similar seven-week workshop where there was a lot of interaction. We found that to be a real real benefit, where there was a teaching, but an opportunity to talk through, to apply, to ask questions, and really discuss. How are you guys doing that? How have you adapted some of what you're doing? Yeah, we did. We did feel like we needed to begin to adapt to some of the way that people are willing to receive this sort of teaching and training and and learning. And so we began to look at a different model than the nine week uh, class that we were doing. And so we and we we talked to the the leaders at all of our different campuses and tried to understand what what, what would work well for your people and in your context and from what you're seeing. So you can kind of did a little bit of a survey, tried to understand, what they're experiencing, what they're seeing. And uh, really what we wound up with was a target of five weeks that, that we felt like that would really work for us. And then we began to work from within there and say, well, what can we do really well in five weeks? Mm. And then a second aspect of what we did was we even thought through like, it, we used to allow a two hour time frame for the class, right? Because there was an hour worth of video and an hour worth of table time and discussion and working on some practical things. But a lot of times we're wanting to be able to line up maybe one of these classes during a worship service hour mm-hmm. where there's children's programming. And so we'd be able to get more people engaged because there was child, you know, childcare involved or, or that sort of thing. So we said, what, what if we could find a way to do it in an hour and 15 minutes five weeks. So this was some some substantial changes we had to make to the way we were delivering this uh, teaching and people were learning. But we found that it was going to be far more accessible if we did those things to the people. Uh, a third thing we did was we said, instead of maybe a long form video and then a, you know a, a good segment of time at tables, what if we broke it up a bit and it was a bit more interactive? So we landed on two 15-minute video segments. 
And with some space before a video, some space after a video, some space after that, and kind of your your homework, the things you're going to be doing over the next week before you come back in the next week. So we we kind you know these are not dramatic changes to the model, but there was some there was some intention behind that, right? Because again, um, how much can people really receive at one time? An hour worth or mm. fifteen minutes worth, right? And there was yeah. something about being able to unpack and process that fifteen minutes of content before moving on to another bit of content. Uh, and that gave us an opportunity to do two things. One, in one of those 15-minute segments, we may focus a bit more on what the Bible is teaching us about this, right? More of the principles, more of the heart behind the stewardship that we're trying to learn and understand. And then in the second segment, really focus in on some very practical steps and tools for them to be able to take, which really works well to be in the second video segment, because we're going to kind of send them home to do an exercise or work on this, begin to apply this. And so we wanted it to be both. And it and we just found that that, that format allowed us to do that in a really simple and easy and accessible way for people. Yeah. Does that make sense, Leo? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that, that's that's exactly what we did with our Financial Hope Workshop. And just for a little bit of context, so we were doing one-on-one coaching with folks, but not having a lot of success. People would drop out after second, third week, sometimes after the first week. We couldn't get people to come back. And and we recognize that, you know, personality has so much to do with it. The connection between the coach and the uh, counselee or coachee uh, was always a tricky thing because what if they didn't connect? What if they were different types of personality just kind of, you know, clashed? And so all of that just created an atmosphere where we were having so much work put out yet so little result. So we decided, okay, let's, let's create a, a workshop where we can actually simulate that same experience, offer the same type of support, same type of information, help them walk through the process of creating a budget, debt repayment plan, savings, all of those practical things that we wanted people to walk away with and practice, which is what the one-on-one coaching program was. But it just wasn't the right format where we didn't see the success in the one-on-one, whereas the group coaching worked. And the reason it worked, and we were learning this, so we didn't come into it with a lot of knowledge or experience. Actually, we adopted uh, a curriculum that was created by uh, Dave Riggs at back in the day at Willow Creek when he was there. And so I went out to Arizona, picked up the content, talked to him about it. He coached me kind of how he taught the, at that time, it was an eight-week program. And again, in my mind, it was like eight weeks. That's a long time. How do I condense it? So I ended up doing everything I could to condense it, but I could only drop one week. I couldn't get it less than seven because there was just not enough time to cover everything we were trying to cover. But the difference was, just like you, we recognized that that people would come in with questions. They would come in with almost like even barriers to moving forward. And so we had to create the space to figure out, well, okay, let's offer this information and then let them talk through it. And one of the things that I learned about education and learning was that there are different types of learners but there's also different ways that we receive information. So the statistics are, and I'm not going to get this 100% right, but I think 90% of what you hear, if you just hear a lecture or talk, if you don't use it within the first, I think, 36 hours or something like that, you lose all of it within 90% of people do. And then if you get to ask questions or talk about it, verbalize something, then it goes to like 60% uh, retain it or something like that. And then if you get to actually interact and talk and do an exercise, then it goes to like 90%. So we took took that and thought, okay, well, how can we help them verbalize this? So we just created an opportunities where they can ask questions, where they can do a practical exercise, answer certain questions as a group. And just creating that space, just first of all, it increased the, the attendance and the engagement. People were excited. I mean, it was like a buzz in the room whenever the conversation was going on to a degree where like the teacher had to be like, okay, come on back, come on back. I got to, I got to tell you the next step. And so, but, but it was exciting that way because people walked away, not just having heard something that may never actually come to an action where actually they were doing it in the classroom. And that's something that we really wanted to do is we didn't want them to go home and do something. We wanted them to practice it in the class before they went home. So if they had any kind of trouble with it or questions or weren't certain about something, they can ask right there before they leave. That way they couldn't come back. It's like, I didn't understand that part. So I didn't do it. You know what I mean? So I think that was a mm-hmm. huge part. And again, we were learning, this was back in, you know, 2000, probably seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, that's when we were running the one-on-one. It was probably 10 to 13 when we adapted this and began to tweak it. But it, it made a huge difference. We saw such a higher success rate 
in that class than we did in the other classes that we're offering. And that just spoke to the fact that people need more than just a lecture. They don't just need the information. They need a way to interact with it, interact with the teacher, ask questions. And, and that makes it a lot more uh, beneficial. And I think one of the things that we we learned through the pandemic is that we can have in, this interaction. We don't have to be in person, but yet there still has to be this connection and transfer information with that discussion and question. So um, anyway, that that's something that was really helpful. And so what I want to do next, Steve, is really talk about what, what's available and how you and I have adapted some of these things and how people can adapt what's available out there. They don't have to create anything right off the bat. They can mm -hmm. start with something that's available and just tweak it uh, to where it's going to meet this you know, demand of both teaching information, but also allowing the interaction. Well, I, I think it's good and helpful for us to really um, look at what's out there before we start assuming that we have to create something ourselves. And um, there are some really good new things out there. One of the newer uh, curriculums that have become available to us in churches is by the Good Sense people, and it's called uh, Freed Up, I believe mm -hmm. is the name yep. of it. Yeah, that's and it. it's a six-week six study, um, very biblically based, but at the same time, very full of practical things. There's um, a week about being a diligent earner, which I think is very unique to some of the curriculums where we talk about how we earn and, and gain the income to be able to, to be the steward that we're going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we they talk about being a prudent spender and a generous giver and a wise saver and a cautious debtor. And so, you know, the, the, the topics you would expect to be there, but all through the lens of what the Bible has to say. And uh, what's unique about that six-week one is that it is built into an app. So you can download an app mm -hmm. and every group member um, can have that app. There is some level of do it, do it yourself at home throughout the week, going through some of the study on your own time in the app. But then it's designed to come together in group with a group of people and walk through uh, some content and material together so that there is a leader of that group that's kind of coaching you and helping you through it. But you also have that connection with others that are on the same journey, which I think is so important with any of this. So mm -hmm. it's designed that way. And, and some people just need a piece of paper to touch, you know, so this app is good. One of the things I love that is that it they'll ship you a workbook to go along with it. So you've yeah. got something to, you know, scratch out your budget on and work out your debt snowball or whatever it might be and figure out, you know, how to do some of the more practical things on paper and not just all of it being digital. So um, really think that's a good curriculum. Um, maybe one of my favorite things about that curriculum is that they recognized that not everybody is in the exact same spot on the journey, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they actually have an assessment you take early on to determine what lane you need to be in as you take this course. So you could be in a group where there's three different lanes, right? One lane is to gain stability in your finances. Another one is to gain clarity around where your money is going. And the third lane is to build a legacy, right? And so mm -hmm. there's sort of this sense of, I'm really struggling to, you know, I've got wealth, I'm doing okay, but what do I do to be a good steward of it? And so you've yeah. got a spectrum. And so you could be in a group where there are people from each of those different lanes, all taking the study together, yeah. but what you're experiencing through the app and the questions you're being asked, the challenges and next steps you're going to take are going to look different because it's customized to you. And I do think that we're living in a culture that is very used to this sort of personalization, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, if, if I'm a customer at Starbucks and I use their app, it learns from the types of things that I order frequently and it delivers yeah. content to me based on that, right? And of course, they're doing that to get us to buy more. Uh, probably something is uh, stewardship classes we should teach uh, how to, to yeah. overcome that. Yeah. But we can take some notes from that in terms of what we do with our content and figure out how can we more personalize and customize this to the learner and what they're needing for their personal circumstances. And I think that's something the good sense people have really taken to heart. Yeah. And, and I love that they they still value the interaction, that it's not just an app driven, get the information, apply it, good luck, but it's actually coming together every week. And it's got a really cool feature that I thought was genius that you can actually log in on the app and everybody in the class logs in at the same time. And it, there's actually a timer 
built into the app that says, okay, you got eight minutes for discussion and it gives you a, time, a rundown. So it's really, really creative the way they did that. But again, it, it brings people together. And this is something that I want to emphasize really strongly that even though we are kind of a generation, especially younger generations are, are information driven. Just give me the information, tell me what I need to do. And I got it. But yet we, we, we've seen that the interaction and the questions that come through the process of discipling somebody in the area of finances is that a lot of questions come up. No, no financial situation is exactly the same as another. There are some general things, but the reason every stewardship ministry program eventually have some kind of one-on-one counseling or coaching, whatever you want to call it, is that people are not exactly the same. And yes, you can put them in three different lanes, but somebody may be facing something that's completely unique and they just need that human touch. And what I love about Good Sense and the folks there is that they understand that you do need the knowledge, you do need the information, but the way you grow, and I think you'll see this with every one of the ones that we're going to cover today, is that discipleship happens person to person. It happens in a group of, you know, a Christian community. And I can't, we cannot diminish that. And even if we do that in an online format through an app, there still needs to be that connection. I, I recently went through, uh, not recently, probably a year ago or so, I went through a completely online uh, course. It was 10 weeks long. Uh, uh, it's called Charting Your Legacy. It's a compass curriculum that Howard Dayton had put together. And it's a it's a robust small group uh, where there's probably about an hour or so, hour and a half of reading and, and answering questions. And then you come in and have a two-hour discussion with, you know, about, a, I think it was nine or 10 people in total. But I tell you, at the end of that, I was really glad I went through it because even though it was a lot of commitment, it did reinforce some things that I already knew, but also challenged me in some things that I kind of laxed on. And and the whole point is that it was that interaction that did it. If I would have just read it, and even if I would have been diligent enough to read all the way through it, I wouldn't have gained out of it what I did by having those two-hour conversations and hearing everybody's personal stories, struggles, convictions that they had and and all those things. Uh, that's what makes it really applicable. That's what makes it personal. And that's what inspires us to to be better. And all of this content is that. It's it's not just about the information. It's how do you apply it and how do you do it in such a way that you're not just lifting yourself up, but you're encouraging and lifting others while you're doing it. It is, it is something we do together. And, um, and I think this is something the enemy has really... Um, tried to do is to divide people by keeping this area secret, right? Don't talk about money. If you're, if you're not doing perfect, if you're not wealthy, if you're not rich, if you don't make more money, don't tell anybody because you're the only one that's broken this way. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. You know, this is an area that we all could use help in and need more wisdom in. And I think doing it in community just strengthens uh, you, your family, your finances, and of course your walk with Christ. And I think it does others as well. All right, so let's go on to the next one. We have another one yeah, that we talked yeah. about. The second one that comes to mind is the Compass people who have been doing this for a long, long time. I would yeah. guess more than 30 years. Oh, and yeah. uh, it kind of uh, you know, was part of Crown in the past, and now there's Crown and Compass. And so there's a lot of content out there. But they have a core study. They have a number of studies, including the one you just talked about, Charting Your Legacy. Mm -hmm. But their core study would be called Building Your Finances God's Way. Yep. And it's a seven week Bible study. They would they make mince no no mince about it. It's Bible study. And yep. but it is designed for small groups. So this mm -hmm. would, you know, probably not be ideal to get a you know room full of 30 people right. and do it in table groups. I think it's really designed more for the, you know, 12 person, 15 person, you know, kind of small group environment. Um, you could do it online. You could do it over Zoom, although, you know, it has its challenges. We've learned how to do that through the COVID season. And some of us, you know, have had some good experiences. Some of us have had some bad experiences trying to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but it certainly uh, allows you to go through a Bible study on stewardship, but it covers some very practical things related to giving and spending and investing and getting out of debt and covers things like contentment and how you teach your kids about money and having a more eternal perspective. So you really get a, a really well-rounded view of stewardship in this course. And uh, it comes with some videos. You can watch a video together as a group if you want, or maybe it's something you watch at home and then you come together to talk about it. But it, it is something where you'll have a bit of, of homework every day, right? Mm -hmm. I say homework, but it's some time for you to do personal study answering some questions, reading some scripture, trying to unpack what you're learning about stewardship. 
But you'll also each week, if if I'm recalling right, Leo, I think you'll have a step to take, like, you know, put together your budget that you're mm-hmm. going to start living yeah. on and, uh, you know, list out all your debts and some of those typical things that you'll see in many of these classes. Um, that's also a part of this, even beyond it being a, a very good Bible study on the topic of stewardship. Um, there are a ton of resources. They have a lot online that you can do different calculators, different aspects of it that can be done digitally, but they can also send you a workbook uh, that you can hold in your hand and use as well mm-hmm. as you go through it. Um, so I really like I really like the Compass study, particularly because it's just a very biblically based view of stewardship, and you're going to really change your heart beyond just changing your practices. Uh, yeah, let me add way. something. Let me add something here. I think the, the the challenge sometimes is that when people are coming with financial stress, it's really hard to put them into a Bible study that that doesn't have that accelerated impact of relieving the financial stress, right? So this was uh, this is a hard balance sometimes to strike because as a stewardship leader in the church, you're going to have people that come who are just in financial difficulty, right? So they need relief right away. And so I remember when I, w- I worked with uh, another pastor in our department years ago and and this was her experience. She came and her, her and her husband were struggling financially. They came to the church. They were put into a Bible study. And at the, back then it was 12 weeks. So it was it was 12 weeks of just learning what the Bible says about money. But yet every day they had to deal with the financial struggle. And from a practical standpoint, um, the study just wasn't very strong because about 80% of the time, now the information was there, but there was no time in the classroom to actually walk through that and help you put those steps together and learn how to put a debt snowball together, how to talk with your creditors. There just wasn't a lot of time devoted to that. Because like you said, it's a Bible study. It lays a biblical foundation for stewardship and generosity. And and that's needed. It's important. But that's the challenge sometimes. Like, How do you manage people who have that financial need to to have some real answers, uh, have some real questions that they have answered so that they can see some of that relief happen right away? And her experience was that after 12 weeks of being there, it didn't really help her financially because there wasn't a lot of time devoted to helping her with the practical. And uh, and so she became a real proponent of the, the Financial Peace University because from day one, Dave's like, get out of debt, stop doing this, stop do it, start doing that. And so you have to understand that you know people have different needs. And I think, again, coming back to what we talked about at the beginning is Yes, you have to teach a biblical understanding, the biblical principles, all these things that Compass has, some of what's in uh, the Good Sense Freed Up uh, content. But you also have to be sensitive to the fact that people have real financial needs and struggles. So you need to f- you need to figure out space on how to do that. The way my wife and I would do it when we did these Compass studies, because we did a bunch of them, um, w- we would say, hey, we know that sometimes people are in financial situations where they can't wait until week five you know, to talk about debt or whatever, whatever the week was at that time. And so we would say, if you, if you have questions, if you need any specific help, uh, we're going to, we're going to carve out some time, you know, before the class, you can come an hour ahead of time. My wife and I will be ready and we can just talk to you. We can just offer anything we can. Uh, We, we knew the practical side. We had been on a budget now for probably over 10 years. We, we had all the tools that we could give them, but we had to make room for it. Uh, and that was just something we did as a as a group leader. I wasn't a pastor. I wasn't on staff at the time. So I think you have to just be sensitive to that. It doesn't mean you have to change the curriculum to fit that. But I think you have to make space for it somehow, whether you offer additional one-on-one coaching or some other you know program that comes along with it. Uh, but again, this is a Bible study. So we want to be very clear uh, that, that a lot of the time will be spent on just building that biblical knowledge. But there is... Uh, financial dis- discipleship app. Uh, there's mobile tracking tool, interactive prayer tool. There's build videos so that it shows you how to practically build your budget and your and doing your finances God's way. But a lot of that is left up to you to do. So the information is there. But if you need the one-on-one support, uh, you have to you have to ask. You have to, or as a stewardship leader, you have to be sensitive to that and engage with people and figure out: Do I have something else that I can offer for those folks? Anyway, that that you have to just have to be sensitive to that. But it's an amazing curriculum and I and I and I really have a kinship to it because it was the first thing that I went through that really built a strong foundation. Leo, you said something to me about six, eight months ago. We were having a conversation on this very topic. And um it's that there is no one size fits all 
class or curriculum for everybody in your church. Um, every, you know, people are at different places in their journey and what they need right now may look different than the next person uh, down the road. And, and while as stewardship leaders, it would be a lot simpler if we could just have one class that would solve it all, mm. we're, we're probably not going to find that that's true. Now, sure. one of the things that I've found to kind of overcome that is, is speaking to what you were just talking about, as we develop this more recent five-week uh, curriculum in class, we implemented something we'd not done before. And I really took a cue from you and your your seven-week class that you did at Gateway, where mm-hmm. you had table coaches. Right. And so we implemented a table coach program where there's a one to five or one to six ratio of you know uh, leader to people so that there's a high touch point and you can personalize for those those folks situations in a way that you can take the context of the the teaching and the training and make it more personal for what they're dealing with right now and that's helped to some degree right there's still going to be some people that kind of check out and go you're talking about something I can't even think about right now right because right. my right. stress or strain financially I can't even think about that particular aspect of life. Maybe it's the saving aspect or the giving or whatever that might be. Um, But having that table coach there has really helped us overcome some of that. Um, The second thing that I used to find with a curriculum that was longer is that you would dive into important topics, but topics that people just aren't ready for right now. And Mm, so they would either drop out of the class or really disengage at that point because they just couldn't see themselves. Now they're going to need that down the road. So the question is, how do we make that accessible and available to them as that comes? Maybe it'd be good to dive into just a recap of what Ramsey Solutions offers in the Financial mm-hmm. Peace University class because it is is really uh, really good content, widespread use, been successful for many many years in churches. And so you really, if you're not looking at it, you should take a look at it uh, for your church. Um, it, it We already explained that it's a nine-week study. Part of what uh, is, is it's really evolved to be very uh, friendly for folks to be able to use these days. It's part of a subscription called Ramsey Plus. Mm-hmm. And with Ramsey Plus, you not only get access to the Financial Peace University uh, class, but you have access to several other classes that you can walk through either on your own or in a group setting at your church. Yeah, and, but and there you have, is a way for you as a church to be able to say, hey, we're going to have a Financial Peace University class. To be in it, you need to get the Ramsey Plus subscription, and here's where you go to get it, right? Yeah. And you get that on your own. It includes uh, a budgeting software called Every Dollar. And mm-hmm. so baked into your practical learning, which a core part of practical learning and stewardship is to live on a budget, right? To build and live on a budget. So they just bake that in digitally for everybody as part of the package of what you get. And then when you leave that class nine weeks, you know, you're a budgeter using that particular application of uh, a budgeting app and you have a long-term model to be able to continue to do that with the Ramsey Plus subscription because it's just kind of part of it. Yeah. Uh, if you went out and, and, and paid for uh, a budgeting app, you would probably spend somewhere similar to this amount of money, and yet you get all of the other classes and tools that come from, from Ramsey. So it's a really good model for you and your church members to consider uh, in that situation. What I love about the Dave Ramsey, even though it's, I think it's just under nine hours worth of teaching. So it's a lot of teaching and most of it's done either by Dave or some of some of the folks that are on his staff, but it's very entertaining. It's very informative. It's well done. It's well produced. So you're not getting, you know, somebody up there that's not going to capture your attention. So that's really good. That's very important. That's something that we all need to learn from. You know, we need to be engaging in our teaching. We can't be up there monotone and and boring as heck, even though we have some wonderful things to share. Mm-hmm. We we got to make sure that what we're sharing, if we're excited about it, it should show on our face. Dave does that really, really well. And I think that's why his program is so well received by people, not just by churches, but by people, because right. it's very practical to apply the baby steps, you know, save a thousand dollars in emergency fund that gets right to the heart of the matter. Like the reason you're struggling is like you have no margin, you have no money left over. So anytime anything happens every day, it's an emergency. So he hits that right on. And it, it you know, goes to what you just said is like, if you're not addressing the need right away, it's hard for people to hang on. Like I remember when we were creating our, uh, our class and adapting what Dave had given us to create the financial hope workshop. I recognized that people who were struggling with debt, they couldn't wait until week four or five to hear about debt. 
They need to hear about it almost right away. So week two, we dived into debt. Week one was introduction. We kind of lay a biblical foundation. Week two, boom, right into debt. Because we knew that was a heartfelt need for everybody. And so why don't we just address it right on the front end? So I think we have to, again, you can adapt to some of these things. But uh, what I love about what Ramsey does so well is that he continues to give you a very well-organized way to go through this. The seven baby steps, it covers what it needs to cover. And it gives you a roadmap on how to do it. So I love that. And and then it covers some of the things that, you know, like insurance, building wealth, buying and selling your home, even outrageous generosity. Uh, your kids' college funding and things like that. Yeah. 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 So so and I would say that of the of the curriculums we've talked about today, this one is more holistic and in that it includes things like real estate and mortgages and, and mm-hmm. insurance and investing at levels that you're not going to get with some of the others because right. they're shorter and uh, there's just not the time for it. And, yep. and with nine weeks, there's time to really dive into those things and make sure people are prepared uh, to do that. The second thing I like about the Ramsey approach is how simple and prescriptive it is. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. I say that right now, you could also say, well, I don't love how prescriptive it is, but you know, those two go hand in hand because it is simple and easy to 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 grab onto and do it because it's save a thousand dollars, get totally out of debt, accept your mortgage, mm-hmm. then do this. You know, so it's like, hey, there's no second best. Uh, Dave in his newest video teaching uses a a term called um, ish. He goes, no, you're not going to do any like Ramsey ish stuff. We're just going <laughs> to do it or not yeah. do it. And so yeah. I think that's the thing that I like about the clarity, the simplicity that the Financial Peace University course brings to people who in their time of need and struggle and trying to get better in stewardship, they really need that. They need yeah. that clarity. Now, um, one, one, one word of a word of caution here, just know that this is not a Bible study. This is right. financial right. education, very well structured. It does talk about generosity. It, Dave is a Christian. He obviously, you know, promotes the fact that he is a Christian, but this is not a Bible study, like let's say the compass is. So just know that you're going to get practical stuff. And I think this is where uh, we've always, you know, we've been very, very, have had a very good relationship with the Ramsey folks. And even in their, they have said this, we've said this being together and said, Ramsey Plus and Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University is not the only education you need, financially speaking. It is a great, great content. It's great information. It's something that you could definitely use. But if that's all you offer your church, you're not going to build a biblical foundation under people. You're just going to give them financial knowledge. And that's good. But again, it's not just about knowledge. It's about realizing that this isn't really a money issue. This is a heart issue. So you need to build that biblical foundation. And I think you have to to use Financial Peace University in concert with other types of teaching. So ideally, you want to run people through like a Compass study and a Dave Ramsey study. It's just, you know, that's... 16 weeks of commitment. So it's it's a, you know, it's a commitment. So you have to be careful, but ultimately I, I love it. I think it's a great content. I hope it'll be here for many, many years to serve churches. Uh, let's move on to the last one. And this touches yeah. on the generosity side. Yeah. I do think that speaking to what you're saying, there's not just one class we need to have. There's not just one thing we need to do as a church. Um, the, the folks from Generous Giving, which is another organization that for, you know, 20, 30 years have really mm-hmm. been trying to help uh, Christians connect into the fact that God is a God of the, who is generous mm-hmm. and he made us to be generous. And what would it look like for us to be sort of unleashed as Christians yeah. on the, 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 the mission of the gospel uh, as it relates to using our resources um, to build the kingdom? And so uh, they've built an experience. It's more like a retreat. It's not like a class. It's a 24-hour experience in a group that's relatively small. I would say the model probably works well when you've got maybe you know eight couples or less. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be married couples. It could be single folks. It could be a blend. It could be just a group of women. It could be a group of men. It could be couples, however that might work. But in their ideal scenario, you would get, get away, maybe an hour away from where you live, uh, in some place where you could really focus and be attuned to the spirit and what the spirit wants to lead you in mm-hmm. uh, on this journey. Um, and uh, but if you can't do that, find a way to do, you know, the best thing you can do, you know, get yeah. get get a room uh, at your church and spend a day together. And maybe it starts at, you know, nine o'clock and ends at, you know, 8 p.m. But you've got 
pretty close to that 24-hour period of time together. In an ideal situation, you would you know, maybe start at two o'clock, uh, do an overnight experience, and end at noon the next day, something yeah. like that. So yeah. it's this sort of a retreat environment. Uh, but there are really three objectives of the journey of generosity retreat. Um, and the first one is that people will learn how to excel in the grace of giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there is this sense in which uh, all of us uh, need to to lean into this. This is not an optional thing for a Christian, right? If you look right. at the early church, it, it, generosity was a mark of the early church. And, yes. and uh, so we want to we want to figure out how can we be that way in our giving. The second is in that retreat period in time, and it's really designed in a way to allow for this to happen is to be able to listen and obey to the Lord's prompting in our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. This was really, really powerful for me and my wife when we went through it. Um, I'll I'll tell you how it ends. I think, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm giving away anything, but in the last hour or so of the, of the retreat, you, you go off for about 20 minutes by yourself. And then if you're married in a married situation, you come together with your spouse for about another 10 minutes or so, and you share what the Lord's been saying to you over this mm-hmm. last day or so, and where you, he, you're feeling him leading you as it relates to this subject of stewardship and generosity. And uh, boy, it was really, really good for Shelly and I to talk about what the Lord had been saying to us. And it was very, very clear to us, some of those things. And we made some substantial changes in the way that we do our giving and the way we think about giving. And we live differently now because of that. And and I don't think that would have happened if I had just walked through some very practical course, you know, here's the four plan, four step plan to giving, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it was because it was an environment that was a way and unique and different that allowed us to really lean into what's the Lord saying to us. And so throughout that experience, that's going to be part of what happens. And then finally, um, you know, and this is what happens for so many people is that they develop a vision for sharing the joy of living generously through this retreat. I was talking to Todd Harper, who uh, is one of the founders of the Generous Giving Organization, and he had recently led a journey of generosity retreat for a Christian who was super involved in in kingdom work and had been for many, many years in a substantial way. Um, and the uh, understanding I had was that this was a person who God had blessed with a lot, a lot of wealth. Mm-hmm. And this person came into the retreat and Todd remembers thinking, boy, I, I wonder if this person really has anything to gain from this mm-hmm. retreat experience, right? It, you know, they probably have heard it all before. They're probably well down the road on this journey. They pretty much know, you know what God wants them to do. That, that couple came up to him at the end of the retreat, one-on-one with Todd and said, my wife and I have decided to change everything about the way that we're doing our giving. And wow. he was really uh, reminded again at how that there is a work that the Lord can do in each and every one of us, no matter where we're at on our journey to take us okay. a step further. We never stop growing in these areas. And this, and this retreat really gives people the opportunity to do that. Um, just practically, what does this retreat look like? It, you don't have to prepare a lot. If you're a facilitator of this retreat, you can get trained to do that in a, a very easy process. Leo, I think you just recently yep. did it. Yeah, just went but, through it. Yep. But they also provide you uh, videos. And most of the videos that you're going to show are either uh, some teaching from people like Dr. Tim Keller or some stories from people who just share their own testimony about giving and how God has worked through their life in and through their lives around giving and generosity. And there's just this power in the stories that help change you and motivate you in ways around this that that I think any anything else wouldn't do. And so uh, they set you up with all the video testimonies and the group discussion guide that you use. And it's a very, very simple thing to be able to facilitate. Leo, have you been able to go through that training, I think? I've been through the training. Uh, I haven't run a training since since I've gone through it because I literally just finished it last month. So I'm looking at, at launching something like that at our church, hopefully in the fall. Uh, but I have been through it, just like you and Shelly have been through it. My wife and I have been through it. And and you're right. I mean, I don't care where you are on your journey. Uh, it'll speak to anyone and you don't have to be a person that has all their, you know, money set aside and you're kind of ready and you've built up the wealth that you need to live on and you got it all squared away. No, no, no. It's really for anybody because generosity is not how much money you have. It's it's a heart condition and it's living in such a way that you're saying, 
God, you everything belongs to you. And to whatever degree you want me to manage it, that's what I'll do. And it, it is really inspiring to go through it. And what I love about the organization is that it is fully funded. So they do, they do no fundraising. And when you go to these events, there is no ask. There's no appeals for funds. In fact, you're not ever supposed to do that. That's like a that's a, a rule. Like, no, we we don't ask for money because you really want people to understand you're coming here just to be exposed to a, an experience that allows you to to ask the Lord what He would want you to do differently or continue to do that you're doing, and, and also have that connection with your wife so that you have an agreement. Uh, you're doing this together. If you're married, this is not a you know one of you may be more inclined to be generous than the other. Uh, but believe me, it's you have to balance each other out. And so both of you going through it, it's so, so crucial. But I love it. I think it's a it's a wonderful ministry, wonderful people. Uh, and I think every church needs to have this program. You know, maybe you don't implement it day one, but at some point, don't don't think, well, I don't have enough wealthy people to give this to. Uh, let, let the Lord sort that out. That's Just right. make it available. And I think you'll be surprised what God is going to do. And I, one more thing I want to say about that, Leo, is that don't despise small beginnings, right? You just mm-hmm. get one group together and do one of these journey of generosity retreats. And what will likely happen is there'll be one or two couples from that that says, hey, I've got some friends I want to do this with. Could I do that? And then mm-hmm. you're just, as a church stewardship leader, you're just saying, sure, I'll facilitate that. I'll help that. And before long, this thing is multiplying through your church, just through some word of mouth, through you know the lay leaders in your church, just kind of taking the next step to a, assemble a group of their friends together to learn the same thing. The, the power of this experience will cause people to want to do that, to want to yeah. share that with others. Yeah, so anyway, absolutely. I just encourage you. Uh, Leo, is there some other things you want to talk about as we wrap up? I think the only other thing I'd like to inspire some of these uh, folks that are listening to us that are in the trenches doing this is a couple of things. One, the content we covered is not exclusive. It's not uh, an exhaustive list. There are other things out there. If you know of some that we didn't mention or we may not be aware of, uh, please email me. Let me know about it. Uh, we want to promote content that's good content that's that's helping people be discipled in this area of stewardship and generosity. So if you know of something that that we should know about or have never talked about, then by all means, let us know. Uh, you can contact me at uh, leo at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. So just email me directly. I'd love to hear that. The other thing I want to say is that not, like I said earlier, we we both said that no content is going to take care of everything. So even though you look at everything that's available out there, there may be a need. We both have found this at our churches, that mm-hmm. there may be a need for you to sometime down the road, shouldn't be the first year or so of your ministry, but there should be at some point probably the need to create something that's very unique to your culture and to the language and DNA of your church. Uh, my recommendation that this is something that's a two, three week uh, workshop or class or something that you built in maybe into your member class that is specifically addressing the fact that this is what we believe. We believe stewardship and generosity is part of the uh, who we are in Christ. We are stewards. And so you're just laying that foundation for people to know that this is for everybody. It's not for people who are struggling financially. It's not for people who are wealthy. It's for everybody from every walk of life. Stewardship is part of the the Christian walk. We are stewards. The only question is, are we going to be good or are we going to be not good stewards, right? I mean, that's ultimately at the end of the day, we're going to be judged uh, by that. But it is something you may have to develop, and that's okay. But I do believe there's some great content out there that will take that burden off of you so you can implement and start discipling people. That's probably the most important thing. Do something. Uh, at your church, talk to your leadership, get this going uh, if you don't already have something going. And if you do, then hopefully what we shared today inspired in some way, encouraged you some way, but also hopefully gave you some other uh, content that you haven't considered doing uh, so that you can look at it and potentially use it in your church. I just want to encourage everybody out there. Um, you you don't have to feel this pressure to create your own content. There are some things out there that you can quickly implement and get going. There are going to be some people in your church that raise up and go, you know, I'm passionate about this. I know a little bit about this. I'd love to help other people with it. And you can get those table coaches in place or you can get those folks that can kind of facilitate and lead some of these studies. Um, I think I think you just got to take a step and try something. That's the other mm-hmm. thing, right? Try something. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, evolve it, change it, look for ways to, you know, keep figuring out how to do this. And uh, don't 
don't imagine that there's a one size fits all. Even mm -hmm. though you start with one thing and get something going, there's probably going to be a need to balance it out with some other things. And yep. uh, I would encourage you, there will be times where you might want to create a two-hour workshop about some felt need thing that's specific to what's going on in your church or the people in your church or where God is, you know, kind of what God's bringing to you. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many books and, and, and materials out there that you can gain information from uh, to build those kind of things. So don't, don't, don't worry about that. You'll be able to figure out how to get those things done. But if you're, if you're not doing these things already, you should, should dive in and start doing them at your church. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. And thanks for joining me for the conversation today. I appreciate your time. And for you, our listener, thank you so much for being with us today, listening to this podcast. I hope it has helped you in some way. I hope it's inspired you. And I hope it's given you some information about content and about how you might use it both personally, but also in your church. And if you want to know more about how to do this, that's what CSN is all about. We're a community of stewardship and church leaders that really love this topic. We know that it's an important part of our discipleship and as I said earlier, we are stewards of everything God's entrusted to us, and we want to be good stewards. So if we can help and come alongside you, support you in this journey, we'd love to do that. You can find everything about us on our website at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. We have a membership for churches that is very inexpensive that can connect you with dozens and dozens of stewardship leaders all over the country that are doing this. So you can get help from these folks. You can connect with them individually and, and find out what they're doing and learn from them. We also have events. Our next event is the virtual forum. It'll be on September 13th. And we'd love for you to be part of that. It's a learning opportunity, but also it's an engaging opportunity. We we get to communicate and have discussions after every one of our breakouts. And it's a really a place where you can learn more about this topic. We would love to have you be part of that. Thanks again for joining us for this Stewardship Leader podcast, and we'll see you next time.